but a hexagonal cylinder. Against the blackness of space, the rotating sides reflected the sun's light in sharp, glittering bursts. The solar mirrors flared out from one end like the skirts of a girl at her first dance. Stabilizers, antennae dishes, hand grips, tool racks, and airlocks protruded from a surface already lumpy with an uneven layer of porous moon rock, limpsh courtesy of colony control, or lunar insulating material for space habitats. Acronyms are colony control's life. Home again, home again, jiggity-jig. Home was L5, and L5 was the first of two planned space colonies circling Lagrange Point 5, maintaining a stable orbit between the conflicting gravitational poles of Terra, Luna, and Sol, traveling 60 degrees ahead of Luna as the third point of an equilateral triangle, of which the other two points are Terra and Luna. I had to swallow hard. The sheer immensity of the mere idea of L5, when I had time to think about it, made me feel the size of a gnat, and about as significant— but home is where, when you have to go there, they have to take you in, gnats and all. I shifted in my seat, straining at the harness with my feet braced as if I could help push the ship in quicker. Crip warped in closer to the north cap, its six-and-a-half-kilometer diameter dwarfing the tailor, and the transmitter erupted with the traffic alert whistle that sounded like the combined efforts of a stall signal on a supercub air squeaking out of a balloon, fingernails scraping on a blackboard, and teeth biting down on aluminum foil. Cockpit crews hate the whistle, and curse me on Moss for requiring its installation on every ship doing business with L5. But it is a clamor impossible to ignore, and so admirably serves its purpose. Ahoy the tailor! Ahoy the tailor! This is L5 traffic control. Go ahead, control, Ariadne responded from the navigator's console. Be advised, there is a hold on your docking, Taylor. I repeat, a hold on your docking. Proceed immediately to transient parking area number three. You are cleared for approach and orbit. Ariadne swore roundly and fluently, the harsh words sounding worse in her musical contralto, and looked around at Crip. L5 Control, this is Captain Young commanding the Taylor. What's the problem, Bali? he said. Over his shoulder, I watched him bring up the approach vectors for the warehouse ring on his screen and punch in the coordinates. The maneuvering thrusters kicked in, sounding like incoming mortar fire outside the hull. The old girl shuddered once in protest and began changing direction slowly. I say again, Bali, Crip repeated. What's the problem? Are we early? No, you're not early, Crip. The Thunderbird is late and the hangar lock won't be free for at least another hour. I could see Cripp's shoulders stiffen, but his voice remained calm. L5 Control, you are aware that we have the boss on board? The traffic controller's voice was no less grim than his own. We know, Cripp. The Thunderbird's captain insists she is unable to pull back from the lock for another hour. In moments we were stationary, floating free in Park 3, still sixteen clicks from home. Cripp hushed his mic and swiveled his seat to speak to me. His voice was polite and furious. This is the third time in a month the patrol has put me behind schedule, Star. Just what the hell is going on? It's not your fault, Crip, I said, fighting back my own annoyance. Annoyance does not sit comfortably on top of a hangover in zero gravity. It doesn't have anything to do with you. He looked at me, frowning, but his crew was there, so he said merely, We could rustle up a solar scooter for you.
I shook my head and immediately regretted it. I'll ride in with you. I sat back in that iron maiden of a jump seat and tried to get comfortable. Unfortunately, the tailor had not been built with my comfort in mind. The entire vehicle was 125 meters long and looked like the bishop piece from a chess game with an aft pusher plate that was 57 meters across. We rode up front with the freight modules between us and the fuel storage and the freight modules and fuel storage and the pressure plate between us and ignition. It never felt like nearly enough of a safety margin. After Hiroshima and Pyongyang, there wasn't enough room in the universe to put between me and fission. Once they worked the kinks out of the Martin Bond deuterium-helium fusion nuclear pulse rocket, or figure out a way to make solar propulsion push a spaceship along at speeds comparable to that of an express, I'm jumping the fission ship. Still, we were lucky to have the express...